Yes, yes, good people. It's me, Shane Sandiford, back again with another episode of The Shack. Today we have my friend, who's a leader amongst men. And he's here today to talk about his podcast, A Reason to Behold, which gives an insight into his faith. Without further ado, let's give it up for Tolu and Rebecca. We've got Tolu here today with us. Um, we're just, we're just, you know, chewing the fat and just kind of having a conversation, just talking about life, uh, life in the lockdown. Tolu also does a podcast called Reason to Behold, where he talks about his faith and kind of really touches on his, his insight of Christianity. And then we're going to talk a little bit about basketball because Tolu, Tolu's a baller. <laughs> Tolu, like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just putting it out there. Tolu is a baller. So we're going to touch a little bit, and you know, I play, I played a little bit, not not to a high standard as this guy, but yeah. yeah. So we're we're we, we're going to chat. We're going to chat. So Tolu, thank you very much for taking the time out to come come on today and just chat with me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I, uh, I really love actually what you're doing, what you're, you know, the environment that you're creating for men to be able to just come together, have real conversations. So for me, it's just a real honor and a pleasure to be able to actually jump on and have some conversation with you. And don't let him fool you people. When I moved to St. Albans, yeah, I have heard stories about this guy. I have heard stories. This guy can fly, he can do this. He, I've heard stories, so nah, yeah. That was- that was when I was younger. Wow, that, stuff, <laughs> that stuff's not happening. Trust me. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. So, Tolu, man, tell us about you. Tell us, tell us a little bit, like, what you're doing. Okay. Um, you know, how, yeah, just what you're doing, your, your life journey, where you've been and where you are now. Wow. That, that's a lot, man. So, okay. So, at the moment, I work at Sky. Sky TV. Um, so I work as an insights manager um, for advertising. So basically I help advertisers to make sense of their data um, and use that to better kind of better advertise and give people more of what they want, less of what they don't want. Um, I've been at Sky for almost nine years now. Um, so went there straight out of uni and kind of just worked my way through the, through the ranks of Sky. Um, and what I'm really enjoying at the moment is the the challenge of learning how to be a manager and a leader. Mm. Um, so I manage a team, like a small team. Um, I've got a couple of direct reports and then they also have people who report into them. Um, so at the moment I'm transitioning into managing people who manage others. Um, and that's been a really, really kind of a really interesting thing to, to learn. Wow. Yeah, man. So, so that's kind of work. Um, in terms of kind of like personal life and basketball. So I went to Birmingham University where I played kind of like National League. Um, but as part of my study there, I actually did a year abroad. Okay. Um, so I got to go to Marquette, um, which is where, yeah, 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 Marquette. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Marquette, for those of you who don't know, is where like Jimmy Butler went, Dwayne Wade went to Marquette. Um, Jay Crowder. So there's there's a couple of quite big names. Doc Rivers went to Marquette, mm-hmm. um, and that really showed me a lot about basketball, like what it's really about. So 
I tried out there and made it through the first round of cuts and then got cut just before kind of like the last round to be a practice player. But what I learned there really like it stuck with me in basketball. Um, and then when I came back, I was able to play division one at Hemel Storm. Um, love Hemel Storm, the best fans in the country, Shout best environment. Shout, Shout out to Hemel Storm. Um, and I retired officially, I think four years ago. Um, but I've been kind of like a practice body on and off um, for the last few years. Nice, nice. So, I mean, like, would you ever consider coming out of retirement? <laughs> do you know what, bro? I, I, so I do think about it. So, like, when you go to home games and stuff and you've mm. got, like, because Hemel is, like, a big family, yeah. you know, so all the crowd is cool, you know, they're, like, your people. And when I'm at the home games, I kind of think, maybe I should do it. But then when I realize my teammates are going to Newcastle and back on a Saturday, yeah. I'm like, do you know what? I don't want it. Like, <laughs> I, I like being able to like see my friends, see my family. Cause in the season you don't see anybody. Yeah. You know, you miss out on so much. And I think when you're younger, you know, that's, that's fine, you know, but as you get older and you appreciate a bit more that time with family, that time with friends, you know, going to your friend's birthdays, you know, yeah. really basic stuff. Um, it's, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. So I don't think I'd give it up to go back. Yeah. I mean, like, I think when I was younger and I was playing National League, I never really kind of understood that whole, yeah, during the season, you don't do anything. So, like, all of my friends would be going to party. They'd be going to party. They'd be going up, the, yeah. up, up to the park and just chilling out in the park. And some real serious friendships were formed and some real Honestly. crazy stuff happened. But I was, I was going to Leicester. Or, <laughs> right. or Plymouth or I'm going up to like Teesside like to play basketball for a couple of hours then to drive all the way back exactly like, and it was just like I loved it as a kid loved it absolutely loved it but yeah yeah yeah, yeah because what the, what kind of got me a bit torn right is that one of the things that I've always been very blessed with is really good teammates. Yeah. So for me, my teammates are like my brothers, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're forging that friendship. And that's what I missed actually when I retired was actually having that brotherhood. And these are guys who day in, day out, you sweat with, you know, you go through pain together, yeah. you go on those long road trips, but, but there's also so much more going on in life, you know? Yeah. And it is, it's just finding that balance. Most definitely. Most definitely. And, I mean, talking about like your your leader and managerial stuff in in um, in your workplace, mm. that must have definitely come into play when you were on the basketball court. Like I remember yeah. when I was playing, like I wasn't even the captain, but boy, like you needed the leader, needed a backup leader, needed a backup leader. Exactly. So that that kind of stuff. I mean, like it's all coming out of work, but it's stuff you must have had in you already as a player. So what's funny is that one of the big ways that I got my job at Sky is that actually the experiences that I've had in basketball and leading in a team situation. Mm. So we have what's called like competency-based questions, right? So they say, name a situation where you've done this. And everything I talked about in my Sky interview, because I hadn't had a proper career job before that, yeah. but everything was from basketball. So name a time when, you know, you face adversity and you've overcome as a team. Well, you know, we were down 20 points and we had to rally together and come back from that, you know, or name a time when you've had to deal with someone difficult. There's always difficult people in the team, yeah. you know, so that extracurricular activity of basketball really grounded me a lot in leadership, people yeah. management, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
the brotherhood the brotherhood um thing as well kind of rings true with me because i mean i'm coaching now i'm doing a little bit of coaching mm. with some kids um up here in bedfordshire and okay. one of the things i'm trying to teach them is like you know these are your brothers when you step on the court for real like i don't care if you hate each other when you're off the court when you're on the mm. court and you're on the same team you that's family that's family that's like, family you die for that you know and it's, it's something i think that you know, I was, I was having this conversation the other day and talking about kind of how we've been bred to compete against one another all the time. Yeah. And I think that yeah. culture is very, very um, predominant with young people now. It's com- competition, competition, competition. Mm-hmm. But in the team sports, there was also that sense of kind of teaching how to be one unit. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. And, and I think, because for me, I'm very competitive, mm-hmm. right? But what I find is that if competition is done the right way within a team, then actually it makes people better. So when I think about like D-Wade, LeBron, Chris Bosh, when they were all at Miami, those are some of the most fierce competitive guys, right? But it's not, I need to be the one that shines. It's like our competition pushes us both to be better. And then we put that together in our team situation and then our team is better. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it is that you need that maturity, you need that friendship, you need that family to say, actually, it doesn't matter if you get the point or I get the point as long as we win, but yeah. we both compete to push each other to get to that place where we can take that shot. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, man. We could speak basketball all day, I tell you. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but but bro, honestly, like I think especially with basketball players, is what we don't realize is that what we go through as basketball players it really, if you learn how to adapt that to real life, yeah. you will absolutely kill real life because that competition, that diligence, that discipline, you know, that team spirit, that, okay, we don't quit. That is actually what a lot of employers are looking for. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we don't learn how do we transition what we know from sports into a, actually into a corporate environment because actually we could dominate a lot of jobs based on how we, how we go about our basketball career. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Boy. Yeah. Don't know where I'm going wrong then. (laughs) (laughs) But, but sometimes it's, it's, (laughs) but, but that's the thing, bro, because the mindset that you have, even when I see about how you went about setting this up, right. Or even when I see what you're doing with your Instagram, like I see a lot of your basketball, you in that, Okay. But it's just getting used to applying it to something that's more cerebral or more mental than it is reps, you know, getting in the gym. It's just a slightly different tweak. Um, And I feel like that's what we're not really taught in basketball is, okay, how do I transition that into kind of outside of sports? Yeah. You know, because I manage two ladies, right? And when I first started managing, all I had was basketball experience. And it's like, if you're coaching and someone does something wrong, you shout at them and you tell them to run. Like, you can't do that in the workplace and you can't do that to late. Like, it doesn't work that way. So it's that transition of, okay, how do I take what I've learned, what I've known from basketball and actually apply that to everyday life? Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. That's deep. So deep. Okay. Moving on. Regrettably, but we move. Um, we move. <laughs> how are you coping? How are you coping in this day and age? Like right now with this whole coronavirus, yeah. COVID-19 epidemic, 
pen, pandemic, whatever, whichever term you want to use, that's going on. Um, how are you staying strong? Okay. I think I'm, I'm kind of mixed on it because I think there are some really good things for me that have come out of the whole situation. Okay. So for me, for example, I've been able to reclaim a lot of time that I would have spent commuting into London or, you know, doing other things. And that's actually been really nice to get a bit of downtime and a bit mm. of space to start to, you know, reflect or do things a little bit differently, have a bit more time. Um, but I think what I'm finding it quite hard is um, stuff like exercise, you know, like being able to go to the gym or playing basketball and being able to socialize, like go out for dinner, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's where it's quite easy to get kind of in a rut because you, you can't do the things that you really want to do. Um, my bank account loves it though because <laughs> all them dinners and stuff my bank account is like Woo, what, what's, what's going on <laughs> people's bank accounts are just like yeah they're healthy bro they're so healthy right now it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's mad but I think I'm just really trying to because I think what else is really hard at the moment is when you look at the news and you look mm. at Facebook and social media it's just pumping out fear constantly yeah. Yeah, yeah, all day, every day, constant fear. You know, this many people died today. This happened, this happened. And it's a really biased view of the situation because yeah. the situation is terrible. Yeah. Um, but there's also a lot of hope, you know, and I feel like that's really not, that's not what's coming through. Yeah, you yeah, know, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I, and the media, yeah, I, I try and steer clear of the news and I've steered, yeah. tried to steer clear, very clear of Facebook for a very long time because I'm not really... Yeah, Facebook and me aren't friends. Um, mm. Instagram, I'm all over Instagram. And what I'm picking up on from a lot of people is um, a lot of hope. There is a lot of hope. Um, mm. though, though there is a lot of negative stuff coming out about COVID-19 and, you know, the amount of people who have died and you mm. know, it's locked down, it's this, it's that. There are a lot of people who are finding this time, like you say, to reconnect with themselves and mm. really kind of tune into what it is they're curious again about what it is it's not the mundane um, exactly commute to work the the sit in the office for, for eight hours and then the come home and then the sleep mm. and the repeat it's 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 now people are really starting to kind of tune into themselves and see oh you know what i've got a little bit extra time let me read that book i've always been wanting thank to you exactly and open exactly. the pages i mean like for me like i'm I've, I've started reading i'm trying to make myself this this um this goal where I read a book every three weeks, every three okay. weeks, no how many pages or however long, every three weeks I need to finish a book. Mm. Um, and I read a book the other day and I was just like taken aback by it. It was about masculinity. Uh, it's called okay. Mask Off by um, a, a guy who used to ball actually, he talks about it. Um, he used to okay. play over at Hackney. And um, yeah, the, the book just totally blew my mind. And I was just mm. like, you know what I need to I need to reconnect I need to get back to it and 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 redefine my masculinity and kind mm. of really see what it is that I'm about and mm. yeah and for a long time I wouldn't I just kind of just keep doing the same thing stuck in the same rut but now I'm just kind of finding some breathing space that, that's it that's exactly what it is because I think even for me like with books I was never much of a finisher of books mm. Like I would always start books and then get halfway and then get distracted. But I think yeah. this time allows you to actually finish stuff. And I think there is something really powerful about being a finisher. Yes. You know, that achievement of, okay, I actually finished a book. Like that's yeah. huge for yourself, yeah. you know, 
And I think even with reconnecting with what you said about reconnecting with yourself and really getting to know yourself, I think what's been so beautiful for me about this time is seeing people really connecting in with their families and with their kids, you know, because normally they're not at home all day, you know, but you can tell that their relationship with their kids or their spouses are actually going to such a better place because they're spending that much more time together. Um, And that's been, that's really blessed me to see actually how people are using it to actually, you know, get back in touch with who they really are and really know their families and yeah it's just cool yeah it is really cool it is really cool you saw on the flip hand have those who were like oh no get my kids away from me yeah, <laughs> no, they're, yeah. they're too yeah. smart they know more than <laughs> yeah for real for real <laughs> okay so i want to get into it with your podcast so okay i came to you about this podcast um and you were like, yo, I'm thinking about doing, I'm, I've started a podcast, I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. So I've checked out a couple of episodes and I love it. I Thank love you, it. man. So um, please inform the people. So the podcast is called Reason to Behold. And yeah. Just, just let us know what it's all about. Yeah, so, so I'm Christian and the podcast is like a faith-based podcast. And it's about really understanding how faith intersects with everything that we do in life. So for me, faith isn't just about, I go to church on Sunday, I hear a good message, I sing, and then that's kind of it. I really try and live my life by principles of faith. So, you know, in Christianity, it's about, you know, loving God, loving your neighbor. Those are kind of the two core principles. And so even when I'm at work and I'm trying to manage people, I'm trying to manage them through that lens of, okay, I love God, I love my neighbor. So actually, how do I manage them? in a loving way you know even when there's conflict how do I navigate that in a loving way so I think for us the podcast is just you know it's just two friends or when we have guests these are people that we're all friends with you know just like this like we're we're friends so it's just friends having a conversation Um, and one of the things it's really about is finding the depths in the mundane is one of the things that we talk about you know is that in the stuff that seems mundane about life there is God and there is depth to it you know, and it's actually just sometimes looking around a little bit more and understanding, okay, what is the depth in this situation that I'm in? When something's gone bad, what is the lesson? What is the faith? What is the, what's the good that I can find in this? Um, And yeah, just really encouraging each other, challenging each other um, to just do better, be better, help other people, you know, that's, that's kind of what the, the core of it is about. So what, what spurred you to start it? Um, so Arnold, the guy, so Arnold, it's really like, it's his podcast, you know, it was his vision. It was his dream because we just have conversations, you know, like we just talk when we're talking about life, like, you know, how's it going? What's going on? And we just have these conversations and we just be like, that was a really dope conversation, you know, or we'd realize that we're talking about stuff that growing up, we didn't hear about, you know, so like growing up Nigerian, um, emotional intelligence, for example, that, that doesn't, that's not a thing you know it's it's becoming more of a thing but it wasn't something i was exposed to necessarily growing up and so it was just we were realizing that look actually there's a lot of stuff that we're learning that we're seeing that it might be able to help someone who's going through the same stuff as us so we just thought why don't we actually record it put it out there because even when we're gone actually maybe this can help someone so some of it is about creating that legacy like what you're doing now you know actually creating a space where guys can come in, listen to other guys talking about real stuff where actually that affects them too. 
you know, that's for me, that's really powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I really wanted to kind of take this. It was just a case of giving, giving that, that opportunity because I think I said, I've probably said it a million times to a million people, but I feel that women are able, and I'm not, not kind of being sexed or anything, but I think women are, no. are um, more in tune with being able to communicate their feelings and their understanding mm. of their feelings and stuff like that. And I just don't think that men are and aren't given the opportunity to to do that or voice mm. that. And mm. it's the case of, oh yeah, mate, you'll be all right. Just just uh, yeah, take just, it. Just man up a little bit. Yeah, man up. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I really agree because I think obviously I work with data and stuff like that. And mm. it's not a sexist thing to say because the way I look at it is this if you take a hundred men and a hundred women and you look how many of those women are comfortable talking about their feelings and doing some of those things, I think you would actually find that more women than men in that hundred are comfortable with that. Yeah. So for me, I don't think it's a, it's a sexist or a generalization, but it's, it's if you look at it proportionally and statistically, actually, I think that's quite accurate. Yeah. Um, because we're not, we're not taught to do that. You know, we're really not. And we're taught that talking about our feelings and our vulnerabilities is actually a sign of weakness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but something I found really interesting. So I was listening to, um, I think it was like an interview, and this guy was saying the importance of, as a boss and as a manager, talking to your employees about your weaknesses, which is really counterintuitive to what you're taught, because you're taught, you know, they should see you as this perfect person. You don't make mistakes. And he was saying, look, your employees, they're not going to be surprised about your weaknesses because they already know them. You know, they see them every day. They're the victim of your weaknesses. Yeah. Um, but when you are open and when you're honest with them and saying, look, I know that this is something I need to work on, it actually helps them to respect you more because they yeah. know that you know. Yeah. You know, and I think as men, it's kind of like we all know we have weaknesses, but if we all put on this front, actually our friendships aren't based on something real. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. That's real deep. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, literally you said that and I'm just kind of going, for, literally, like, my friends. <laughs> Hold on. Who really knows me on that level? Yeah. Only a handful of people, I can say, that kind of get it, who know me like that. Yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah, no, 100%. So, where can we find your podcast? Where can we find Reason to Behold? Um, so, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on SoundCloud, uh, so yeah, if you just search "reason to behold," um, it should all come up there. Yeah, wicked guys of people of faith, people who who or anybody, anybody. If, yeah. you, if you want, if you want to hear like good conversation about faith in everyday situations, I strongly recommend that you you check this check "reason to behold" out. It's thank you. I loved it. I absolutely like. I've got about three episodes in, I think, two or three, and I, I need to I need to catch up. It's just been a busy, busy time, um, but definitely, guys, check it out. Um, where can we find you on social media? Um, so I have a couple of Instagram accounts. I've got kind of like my personal Instagram, which is T Adebekin, so T A D E B E K U N for November, and then I've got one called Tolly Talks as well. Um, and that's more kind of like, I might start doing videos and that kind of stuff, but I've just kind of put it there for now. Um, but yeah, I think for me, like, I'm always happy to talk to different people, um, because I listen to this, so I listen to a lot of podcasts too. Um, and I listen to this one about generosity 
And it was saying about how being generous isn't just about your money, but it's also about your time, um, your experiences and your influence. So for me, I try as much as possible to, you know, even if I'm just one step ahead of someone, I would always kind of share what I've learned along the journey. Always happy to kind of talk through different things with different people because I think that's really how we all grow. And that's how, you know, the people who are younger than us kind of, or even older than us doing the same things that we're doing, that's how they come along quickly. Yeah. Um, Cause I've been very blessed to have good leaders. So I would love to kind of engage with anybody really to kind of help out in any way that I can. Perfect. Well, before you go, one question. Okay. One more question. Um, you go back in time. As okay. You, you stumble across sixteen-year-old Tolu. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give yourself? Wow. <laughs> so 16 year old me so <laughs> I think when I think back to 16 year old me I was I think I my identity wasn't really that set mm. um I wasn't that I wasn't that confident in who I was so like I grew up in West Sussex I went to school in West Sussex in Chichester there is nothing gangster about Chichester it's very like very posh very nice but like I was kind of mixed up into some of the like you know gangster rap and that kind of stuff which to a degree there's nothing wrong with that but I was kind of putting my identity into that and so I was kind of displaying some of those things when actually I'm really not that I'm I the only place I'm aggressive really is in basketball, yeah. you know, like I'm not trying to fight people. I, I actually quite like teamwork and collaboration, but the identity kind of crisis, I guess that I was having wasn't, I wasn't really being myself, yeah. you know? So I would probably say be comfortable with who I am, learn to understand myself better. And I would have probably started working on my emotional intelligence a lot earlier. Um, so I would have started back then really getting to know myself and how I interact with other people, um, really figuring out who do I want to be. And actually the big thing is I would have said to myself, save and invest money, Yeah, save and invest money. Because now when I look back, it wouldn't have been that hard at that time to save and invest money. But because I didn't, I didn't really know myself. I didn't know where I was going, what I was trying to do. I was just kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably what I would say. My guy. Can I ask you a question before we go? You can ask me a question, yes. So tell me about The Shack. Like, why is this called The Shack? Okay. Like, have you read the, the backstory? Have you read the book? No, I haven't. I haven't, actually. No, there's a book. There's a book, a book called The Shack. And if I find okay. it... Um, yeah. It's called The Shack because I read this book and it was about a man who had um, lost his child at right. um, kind of like a log cabin kind of resort type thing um and the, his charge round um but he went back to this 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 place and it literally just broken down into like this raggedy old shack and wow. he had an experience with god or the higher okay. and so the reason why i called it the shack is because i want men yeah like, to come into a situation or this space and share their stories so that other people can have an experience. Wow. 
Bro, I actually got chills while you were saying that because, <laughs> no, like real talk, like there is something so powerful about sharing of stories. Yeah. And when you look through time, humans have always loved telling stories. Mm. And that's what we learn from. That's what we, you know, we know what to do, what not to do. You know, we grow. Like, I don't have to make my own mistakes because you tell me the story of your mistakes. Yeah. So for me, like, I just really appreciate you and what you're doing with this. Um, and one of the things that I really appreciate as well is that on Instagram as well, you're very open and very honest about whether, you know, whatever it is, mental health, you know, or anything that that's kind of going on. Yeah, I think I just want to encourage you to kind of know that actually sometimes people don't necessarily engage on socials, you know, sometimes it can really feel like you're just putting stuff out there, but is anybody even listening? You know, is this actually helping anybody? But you'll be surprised how many people that that will be so perfect for. They won't express it. They won't ever say anything about it. But I've had conversations where, you know, I've seen someone that I haven't seen for years and they were like, oh, do you remember on the train when you told me this thing? And I'm like, no, I just said it. Like, I don't remember. And they're like, this is how it impacted me. And this is how things changed after you said that. So I just want to encourage you that there are so many people that are hearing what you're doing and who are being impacted by it, but you may never even know it. But I really appreciate it. Um, even when I'm scrolling through my feed, because it is that positivity. It's that realness in my feed. So yeah, thank you so much. No problem, man. I will... Um... Yeah, you've encouraged me to to ensure I keep keep doing it, man. Yeah, man, keep doing your thing, bro. Yeah, because like you say, there's a lot of negativity and people will spill negativity my way. When I post stuff, people get at me sometimes and I'm just- Are you joking? Yeah, people get at me. So I, but I will continue. I will you know, speak my truth and speak- Yeah, man. Speak what, um, what's in me to tell. So I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you very much. Oh, totally nice. You, always bro. a pleasure to, to, to connect with you. Um, and we're going to have to do this again. Likewise, bro, for sure. Let's do it again. Right. Take care and I'll speak to you soon, man. Thank you. Guys, so that was Tolu. So like I said, man, a leader amongst men, absolute baller. And if you can, go check out his podcast, The Reason to Behold, which you can find on Spotify. Go give him a follow at, at T Adebekan and at Tolu Talks on Instagram. Guys, thank you again. So, second episode of The Shack. Listen, come and follow us at the underscore shack underscore official on Instagram. And just keep up to date with what's going on. Guys, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for tuning in again. This is Shane Sanderford signing off from The Shack.